because that's more scientific-y. Mine's more just like, hey, you feel a little sad? <laughs> hey, hey, bub. Hey. Hey. Real talk, though. Syrup. Are you just a little... Syrup. Just a little sad today, bud? Feeling a little blue? Oh, boo-boo. Don't feel blue? <laughs> boo-boo. <laughs> you heard her. <laughs> Don't be blue, little boo-boo. It's going to be a good episode. (laughs) We just would like to remind you that none of the things that we say should be taken as official recommendations. Yeah, we try to know what we're talking about, but this podcast ultimately represents the opinions of a couple yahoos with master's degrees. (laughs) It's mainly for entertainment. Right. So if you feel that you need help with your own mental health, we encourage you, please talk to your very own doctor or your very own counselor. Get real help. And remember, this podcast is not safe for work, so listen with headphones. Welcome to Freudian Sips. The podcast about brains, beverages, and other BS. I'm Bonnie. And I'm Anna. We skipped a week, so I always have to kind of double think uh, when I... Uh, <laughs> yeah. Like, wait, oh, what's my line? is weird. Oh, no. Yeah, it's kind of weird today. We didn't skip a week. We skipped recording a week, I guess right, I should right, say. Right, right, right. We skipped recording. And also, we're recording at a different time of the day than we normally do. It's nighttime. It's dark outside. It's dark. And so that kind of throws your balance off a little bit. Yes. You get used to something. Isn't that weird how we get used to things... Being at a certain time of the day or doing it a certain way. And even if it's not a big schedule thing. <laughs> right. And some of us are more anal about our routines. OCD <laughs> kind of people. Like, I don't know, maybe me a little bit. About routines? Some routines, yes. Like, if I don't do the same kind of thing at night before I go to bed, like the same, like I have a, a ritual, a personal hygiene ritual. Yeah. If I don't do it, then I like... I go to bed and I'm I like, oh, it's almost like I feel guilty, kind of. But it's not. I think with personal hygiene, that's that's okay. <laughs> you should, you should you feel go guilty to if you don't stanky. do personal hygiene. <laughs> yeah, but you just let it go a couple of days and boom, then you're a mess. You're a big stinky mess. No, that's what I mean. I think guilt is good when you're talking oh, about okay. having personal hygiene. So it's hygiene. a good thing. Okay. Yeah. I thought you were saying it's okay to let it go. We need a motivation to do the personal yeah. hygiene. Yeah. That is something that I've had clients, I don't know about you, Anna, but I've had clients that report, especially people who struggle with depression, that um, like taking a shower is a, is a huge big deal when you're uh, depressed. I am that person. Are you? I know when my depression's getting bad because I like will skip like two showers, like mm. two days of showers, and then I'll be like, oh no, mm-hmm. <laughs> I must feel really bad. It just feels like a lot of work. Like, I don't know if you've ever had that feeling about, I know that's a, a silly thing. It's just a shower. It's just, but it's like, <sighs> I actually had a client this week tell me that she avoids it because it's quiet time to think. Oh, And that yeah. makes her kind of spiral downward. Yeah. I hadn't thought of that. I have thought That's of and point. had my own life experience that the shower is a place to have major crying. Major yeah. crying sometimes happens in shower. Yeah. Because nobody else is around and you can just kind of let it out. Which can be good and therapeutic, but it can right. also be very lonely and depressing, so... See, I take my showers in the morning, so I'm still basically asleep. (laughs) (laughs) I just kind of try not to open my eyes before I get in the shower. And I know you, so you probably are asleep. Yeah, Yeah, that's true. That's true. Sleep showering. 
But it still seems like too much. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so hi, Sipsters. Oh, hey, I didn't see we you there. We were talking about personal hygiene. <laughs> we were just talking about showers. <laughs> Hello, welcome. <laughs> welcome to our podcast. We can talk about whatever we want. <laughs> <laughs> that is so empowering <laughs> and scary and yes yeah, scary, scary for scary. you baby scary for the listening people yeah what's up it's something. episode 44 44 yeah man sounds kind of magical 44 in alien culture repeating numbers means there's aliens around oh really Ooh. four four and like if you look at a clock and it's like twelve thirty-four, like uh. one two three four. Oh yeah aliens that's alien time Really? Yep. Listen I did to Ono, Ross, that. and Carrie. If oh, you know more than that. <laughs> alien time. Hmm. Okay. Or like, like repeating digits is like it's seen as very like aliens. I don't know oh. why. There's a lot of those during the day, but like two twenty-two. If you look at the clock and it's like two twenty-two, <laughs> aliens. I often wake up at night at three fifteen. Well, that's 3, not a repeating 15. number. It's not at all, but it's repeating in my life. <laughs> <laughs> Well, the next time you wake up at 3.33, text me. Oh, okay, okay. And that's aliens. I don't know. I'm kind of glad I've never woken up with aliens, like, around me. That'd be very bad. Did you ever talk on the show about having a sleep paralysis episode? I don't think so. Would you like to? Or would you like me to cut this part out? Um, well, remind me what episode that was when we talked about that. Do you remember what I'm... As, and when I say, I do you remember, uh, that means look in your little file, tabinet. It was 38. Ooh. Yeah, it wasn't too long ago that I told Anna that I had I had never had what what seemed to be described in that episode as sleep paralysis, but I did kind of recently where I had that feeling like I was awake but there was something on top of me like pushing me down and I couldn't push it off. <sighs> and it was it was a different feeling than I've ever had before. Yeah. And I can't explain That's freaky. It was scary in the moment. Very quickly, I was over it, though. Sometimes I've had nightmares where I just, I can't go to sleep at night. You, like, yeah, got like, up from that, and you were like, oh, that was weird. <laughs> I went like, back to sleep immediately. I actually thought, oh, my gosh, that was that thing we talked about. That uh, probably helps that we had talked about that, and yeah. you were able to be like, that was probably sleep paralysis. It demystified it. Oh, good word. So thank you. You're welcome. Thank you for that episode. I saved your life. <laughs> I could have been very frightened, <laughs> okay, see, but instead I was calm. Hey, actually, that's kind of the whole self-awareness thing. That's true. That we consistently endorse Anytime. on this podcast. Okay, so is there anything we need to do before yeah, we jump into this? Yeah, there's lots. They have we so many do? things. Come on, let's do something real. Oh, we're not going to do something real. Well, I guess we can start with something real. We have some new reviews. Oh, good. I'm so glad. Yeah. This is called A Discussion with Friends, and it's five stars. And it's, I love this show. It's like listening to a discussion with friends and learning something from people who are actively learning about these subjects as well. The hosts have a great relationship, and it is very evident through their discussions and interactions on the podcast as well. Aww. And then the other one is really, really great. And that's also five stars. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> to start off, the chemistry between the hosts is amazing. Mother-daughter relationship I can only dream about. <laughs> the jokes and riffing is effortless and very charming, but that's not the best part of this podcast experience. I actually am learning quite a few number of things with each episode. If you are interested in psychology and other brainy subjects, but intimidated and overwhelmed with academic, aka stuffy language, give this podcast a try. You won't regret it. Aww. So thank you so Those much. Those are to awesome. I know. Aren't they sweet? I just would really like to give those people a hug. Okay. Give it. Do it right now. 
Do it. Okay. Oh. Okay. Oh. That's okay, that's noise. the second one. <laughs> it's not real pleasant when I hug you. <laughs> It's not a pleasant you, audio experience. Do you experience. remember when your mama used to do bear hugs? Oh, do you remember that? My yeah. mom used to give the kids bear hugs, and she would go, when she would <laughs> like hug Like a bear. Them. Yeah, so I inherited that. It's so, yeah, that every, was it. Every hug's a bear hug when mom does it. <laughs> and, and this is not related to podcasts, but it is because it's related to you. <gasps> oh, no. So I had this dictionary app on my phone. It's just like dictionary.com, and uh-huh. they do a word of the day thing where mm-hmm. I get in, like a notification about the word of the day. The word of the day... Today is Bonhomie, but it's spelled Bonhomie, like a homie whose name is Bon, like you. (laughs) I am your homie, and you're my homie, and you're Bon. It's spelled (laughs) B-O-N-H-O-M-I-E, and it means frank and simple good-heartedness, a good-natured manner, friendliness, geniality. So it's you. You're my Bonhomie. (laughs) <laughs> I am also your mom homie. Mom homie. <laughs> mom homie bon homie. But that's not my word of the day. And the <laughs> and the the word of the year for 2019 is existential. <gasps> like we had the whole year and I didn't know Our it and it's almost year. the end of the year and I could have been celebrating every freaking day. I, think be, I don't know how they calculated. It didn't really say. I like just more people used it or maybe? like people became aware of it I or get, something. I get it was talked about more. But you have a like, very nice phone cover, by the way. When thanks. you hold it up toward me like that, it's very... <laughs> it looks I, like I was doing a commercial it's ad. It's like you. <laughs> aesthetically pleasing. Thanks. I got it for a dollar. I, <laughs> wow, that's a bargain, girl. You are a bargain hunter. I am a bargain. I'm a cheapskate. <laughs> cheapskate. <laughs> <laughs> you take after your papa. <laughs> I do. <laughs> so... What are we talking about today, Anna Banana? You can't say that yet. Oh, good grief. Well, okay. we, also, we, we have to give some indication that in a couple of weeks, we will be skipping some episodes. Oh, we I, have to like pre- I think so. Okay. I mean, we can. Do we talk about why? Yeah. I mean, uh, it's. Like seriously talk about why? Oh, sure. We like, can. Be authentic about it? We're, I mean, I think mm. one of the main reasons is holiday stuff. That the two weeks of like Christmas and New Year's are going to be crazy just running around with holiday you know get togethers and everything so we kind of don't want to i personally would not like the responsibility of having a podcast for those two weeks because anna's the one who has to do all the technical stuff well, it's, it's so the editing the it just takes stuff. a lot and yeah. i don't know where i'll be during those times that i should be editing <laughs> she helps santa claus i do this time of the year i do and her schedule is a part-time <laughs> job as an elf she is an elf i'm an elf oh my gosh i didn't know you were gonna like tell people that but i thought that's what you meant by authentic <laughs> i'll delete this i'll cut this out i'll cut this out santa santa don't fire me no you're not supposed to tell people she's from a long line of elves so i will add that it's maternal (laughs) when your mother is five foot tall you have to be an elf i went into the family business but yeah we will be taking off and I'm sure we will still be posting through those days and, and maybe like linking to some old episodes that we have in our It'd be like the best of. Yeah, we'll kind of maybe one of, yeah. we'll each choose one. Like those wanna... big famous hosts, like I don't know who, those big talk show hosts, they always do like the best of, you know, yeah. on holidays. Sure. We'll be like big famous people. We like famous people. <laughs> we'll, we'll pretend. We'll act like as we're famous if people. we are yes. famous people. Yes, we will. Did you want to talk about the test? Is that what you were going to talk yeah, about? Yeah, I think I think we should be authentic. Yeah. We are um, 
getting ready to be in the process dun, of, dun, dun. of preparing for studying for. <laughs> well, that's a lot. A test. <laughs> yeah. We are licensed counselors. We are. We haven't lied God to you about that. those people. <laughs> but we don't have our like clinical licenses. So we're... There's one step up. Yeah. We're yeah. licensed professional counselors, but we are working on being licensed clinical professional counselors. There you go. It's just yeah. one more step. We have to take a big test. And then after that, we're super de duper de duper After that, we don't have to take any more <laughs> tests ever. So done with tests. Can we get our doctorates. No. You can get your doctorate. Dr. Bon Homie. Maybe I will. <laughs> That's Dr. Maybe Homie to you. <laughs> sure. <laughs> what do you want to talk about? <laughs> okay. So we went to Spookyville. We went to Spookyville. In October. And then we kind of did Grateful Town. I don't know what we called it. We we drove Thanks. through Grateful Town. We did very quickly. Sites. And talked about gratitude a little bit. We didn't really. No, we, no, we didn't. So now if I know that you might be listening to this episode at a different time of the year. But we're actually recording it in December. Mom gets very caught up with like if well, you're listening to I hate that. Times. Because you know like what if someone is like new to our podcast. And then they listen and they're like what the hell. It's not December. Maybe sure. they wouldn't be that angry I think about people it. are aware of the linearity of time. <laughs> See, this whole podcasting is new to me. I'm like a radio gal who you like stay on. That's on true. The that's true. I guess schedule. when people were listening to you, it's not like they were going back and listening right. at a different time. You'd like happened. It's happening now. Yeah. So this is a whole different universe for yeah, me. Yeah. This is. Yeah. It says on your little pod app like when the episode was posted. Okay. So. Whatever. But okay. Yes. Go ahead. Because so now we're in what holiday land? We are in holiday land. Holiday land. Yeah. We are. Spookyville, Grateful Town, and Holiday Land. <laughs> it's like it's like we're it's like we're doing Nightmare Before Christmas, but like bootleg. Yeah, like that. Yeah, like that. So, so we're gonna kind of address the whole Holiday Land thing today because holidays can have a big effect on people's moods. <sighs> I think sometimes you, you make that big sigh noise. I think a lot of people feel invigorated around holidays. Yeah. They, they like the spirit and they there's like, like five the, people. There's like five people in the world who feel invigorated <laughs> about holidays. And if it's you, good job. Good job. No, good I job. mean, I feel a little bit of that. Like if I go into a store, like the first time I go into stores, unless it's like September. But like the yeah. first time I go into stores and there's like Christmas stuff around, I'm like, oh, excited. yay. Yeah. You know, there's a little bit of that. The first time I hear Carol of the Bells, I feel that way. Oh. Well, not when I hear that version, but <laughs> yeah, I get really excited. Oh, so, yeah, there are okay, cool. Some people are invigorated, but five of them, yeah. But the rest of us, or rest a of the lot people, of people, <laughs> feel very down, I guess, when it comes to down and or stressed. I would say holidays, but also just in general, season changes, mm-hmm. I think, get to people. So, that's what we're talking about, and you may have heard the term of what we're going to be talking about, seasonal affective disorder, that I think that's kind of becoming more in the public consciousness. Yes, I agree. People are more Big open time. about talking about it. Yeah, I think that kind of goes with people being more open about talking about depression in general, mm-hmm. that people are more open about talking about their mental health stuff, and seasonal affective disorder is just kind of becoming a, like, didn't you have a client who came in and was like, I have sad. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I often have clients come in and, and even though they haven't been 
professionally diagnose, they self-diagnose. Yeah. You know, they come in and say, I've got this. Which, it's a pretty easy thing to self-diagnose. If, if you have seasonal, yes, absolutely. Like, like I think that major depressive disorder is pretty easy to diagnose because you're feeling way different than usual Mm -hmm. like chronic depression can be a little bit harder because you may be super used to feeling that way but with the pattern of seasonal affective disorder i think it's very easy for people to notice like wow i started to feel really crummy like every time this year yeah like every every time of the year that is not what I want to say. What do Every I want to time say? this time of the year comes around. Every time this time of the year. <laughs> yes. Words, are, there's Woo. many of them, but not enough of them. <laughs> hey, you ever think about how? There's many of the words, not enough of the words. So, so Anna, tell us about it. Tell us about okay. SAD. I will. So SAD is Seasonal Affective Disorder. I think they should have named it something else so the acronym wasn't SAD. But I think they did that on purpose. There's, there's I do. other things that should have <laughs> acronyms sad. you're sad. I guess. That's the whole point. But I, I mean, I've definitely noticed this in my own clients where, first of all, the intakes that I have during this time of the year are pretty obviously, most of them have some element of this mm-hmm. going on. I mean, they're saying like, I just feel way worse than usual. And I just, this is happening and this is happening. And it's like, uh, is it because it's dark at 3.30 in the afternoon? Exactly. And they're like, yeah, that's definitely part of it. <laughs> I mean, they, they're aware of it. They're right. aware that, wow, when I walk outside and it's dark, when I get off work, I feel really bummed. Right. Like they can point to certain things. Because your day's over. You get off work at five o'clock and your day's over because it's dark. It's like nighttime. Yeah. Yeah. And it's listed on the mental health resources that I was looking at as very common. Mm -hmm. It has about three million cases a year. Wow. That's a lot. That is a lot. So when it comes to being diagnosed with SAD, I don't want to call it that this entire time. Call it SAD. SAD. Okay. That's so many syllables, God. <laughs> you can't have it both ways, Benina. There isn't an actual SAD diagnosis in the DSM, which is another acronym, <laughs> right. which is the Diagnostic and Statistic Manual, which is what we use to diagnose people when they come into our offices. Mm-hmm. So where this comes in for diagnosing is in the form of getting a diagnosis of major depressive disorder with a what's called a recurrent pattern. And what that means, so there's recurrent versus... Single episode. Single mm-hmm. episode is this is you're having a super bad depressive episode, but it's just this one time. Recurrent is this has happened before. Right. Um, so it's going to be major depressive disorder recurrent, and then it'll have a specifier of with seasonal, seasonal. pattern. Mm-hmm. So specifiers are just things that make the diagnosis Specify. more specific. So... This is what happens when we record uh, late in the evening. Yes, it's, it's been dark for five hours. We have sad right now. We have sad. We have sad. So being diagnosed with this form of depression involves the same things as being diagnosed with other forms of depression. I mean, you're being diagnosed with a depressive episode. Mm-hmm. So it has things like diminished interest in things, changes in appetite, changes in sleep pattern. Those are kind of the main things that we look for really fatigue feelings of hopelessness feeling generally more emotional and tearful than usual that can all happen with a diagnosis of sad so we call that squishy in our family we we do we get squishy that's when we cry more often yes the difference is duh it happens with seasons (laughs) 
Mm-hmm. When the seasons change, this is when these symptoms become more apparent. So can it be from winter to spring? Yeah. Can it? Yeah, okay. there's both. There's there's two different huh. types, and okay. I'll get into that. So it's possible that you don't really struggle with depression, but when the seasons change, you will experience this. Right. It's much more common for people who already have depression and anxiety, because they're usually very comorbid, that it will just intensify your symptoms, Mm -hmm. that it will make the depression that you know you struggle with more apparent. And yeah, like you just said, it's most commonly thought of as getting depressed when winter hits. Right. I think that's because it's a pretty drastic change. Mm Mm-hmm. But that's not always how it is. There's a winter pattern and a summer pattern. The summer pattern is less common, in fairness. It's it's much less common. The winter pattern happens more frequently. And I think it's what more people talk about. Right. Like, we well, don't usually I think hear it's, like... It's more of a conscious thing that we see that it's getting dark Right. I mean, the weather is dreary and yeah. it's, it's harder to be like, well, now that it's real sunny outside, I feel super yeah. bummed. <laughs> so with SAD... I'm never going to decide what I should call it. (laughs) The depression symptoms may actually look very different depending on which pattern you fall into. So for the winter pattern, the symptoms could look like overeating, especially foods that are high in carbohydrates, and weight gain, and oversleeping, and fatigue. I looked up a bit about the craving carbs, and it said that it was for feeling like low energy and Mm. having low blood sugar. So that Hmm. goes with the fatigue stuff. That if you're feeling really fatigued, you're like, I gotta eat. Which doesn't really make sense because whenever I eat carbs, I feel sleepy. Right. Like, I smashed some garlic bread and I want (laughs) to take a nap. So I don't know. I thought it maybe had something to do with like hibernation or something. Gotta pack up. Gotta pack (laughs) Pack up so you can hibernate. (laughs) (laughs) That's why I eat carbs. Yeah. And then I hibernate. (laughs) So for the summer pattern, the symptoms actually kind of look opposite. It may look more like insomnia for a changing to sleep pattern, and you might have a poor appetite and not want to eat as much, and you might have some weight loss, and things that feel more like agitation and anxiety instead of fatigue. So it's kind of more of a keyed up kind of depression, which hmm. depression can look like. Yeah, you don't think about that as often. Right. I think right. we associate that more with anxiety, but right. that that's one of the reasons that it's comorbid. Right. And comorbid just means they occur at the same time. It's a fancy word, though. It is. Five like, points for makes that. Makes me feel very professional <laughs> when I say comorbid. That's how she's got a master's <laughs> degree. <laughs> so I think it's easier to say, like, if you're keyed up, you're feeling anxiety. But irritability and stuff is a huge sign of depression. Sure. So, um, so really, all of these symptoms are symptoms of depression. They just manifest differently. And especially they manifest differently depending on the environmental factors that are changing them. Mm-hmm. Why, you may ask. Why, Anna, why? Why are we seasonally effectively disordered? Are we seasonally effectively disordered? Good job. <laughs> Good job. I was expecting you to say that stupid thing that I just said. <laughs> There's a lot of factors and as with a lot of things, we don't know. We don't know the full cause of it. We need to do more testing, more research. Yeah, we always need to do more research. But (laughs) there's some common causes. So one thing is like your internal clock and your circadian rhythm getting thrown off. And this is especially for winter onset where the reduced level of sunlight. And I mean, we were joking about it being dark at 3.30. But really, I mean, it gets dark like at 4.30, 5. I mean, it's very... It's very early. Yeah, it is early. So when that happens, 
it disrupts our internal clocks. It causes some of those symptoms that we were talking about. It affects the production of chemicals in our brain. So it can really cause these symptoms to get more intense. And especially for people who work day jobs, which we were talking about before, if they have pretty regular hours, I mean, I have felt this that I woke up today and it was pitch black outside. When I got off work today, it was pitch black. Yeah. I mean, it was, well, it was pitch dark when I woke up and it was pitch dark when I got off work. Yeah. And I've done that several times this yeah. week. And it's just I feel like you're living in Alaska. Or I something. know it's it's very hard. Mm-hmm. I actually did read something that people in Alaska suffer from this much more because of that reason. Because of so. the darkness. Yeah. It just throws off their internal clocks. Yeah. And I've had clients talk about that too. They'll bring it up. They'll say like, I just feel like I can't really do anything after work because it's right. already dark. Right. You know, I feel like I can't be productive because I just want to like go home. And- I feel that same way. Yeah, yeah, I get it. And one of the reasons is because of the serotonin in our brains. So serotonin is just a neurotransmitter that affects mood regulation and it's affected by reduced sunlight. So if it's going to drop, it's going to be because we're not getting enough sunlight because right. it's dark all the time. Do you- mm. how, how much brain stuff do you want me to go into? You know, I love the brain stuff. Okay, I'm going to read this just straight from the source that I grabbed it from, and then I'm going to try to explain it. Okay. One study found that people with SAD have 5% more serotonin transporter protein in winter months than summer months. Higher serotonin transporter proteins leaves less serotonin available at the synapse because the function of the transporter is to recycle neurotransmitter back into the presynaptic neuron. Mm-hmm. So when I first read that, I was like, well, that doesn't make sense. Like, there's more. There's more of those things. But more of those things means there's less serotonin to be put back in right, the system. Right, exactly. So there's more of the tran- – there's there's more trains and not enough passengers. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the passengers are gone. They're in <laughs> Where the Where are the passengers go? It also yes. has to do with melatonin, which I spelled in my notes as mealtonin. That's wrong. It's melatonin. <laughs> And the darkness also increases the melatonin in us. And that's something that people are more familiar with now. That's the sleepy Sleepy town. That's sleepy town. Not spooky town. Nope. Sleepy town. Sleepy town. So as the days get shorter, we produce more melatonin because our brains are like lizard brains are going, Mm -hmm. oh, dark time. Time to sleep Mm -hmm. because predators at dark. And And we've talked talked off and on about evolution and the idea that I mean, evolutionarily speaking, our ancestors... Not even evolution. I mean, like, a couple you, hundred years ago, yeah. there weren't, like, lights. Right. So when it so was dark, you, you just had to, to go bed. to bed. Right. That was what you did. So, yeah. yeah. Dark equals bed. Dark equals bed. And our brains are like, yeah, dark uh-huh. equals bed. We're like, no, I have, like, five hours of work to do. What are you talking about? So right. that also goes back to affect our circadian rhythms and our, mm-hmm. our sleep patterns. Mm-hmm. And another thing is vitamin D, that this plays into serotonin activity. So there's evidence to suggest that people who naturally produce less vitamin D are more susceptible to SAD. Huh. Mm-hmm. That makes me sad. Because... That is sad. <laughs> that is sad. So can I tell you about treatments? Yes. For... How do we treat the sad sadness? The sad. <laughs> How, do, How do we treat? I'll call regular sadness sad. And I'll call <laughs> S-A-D the, the sad. sad. <laughs> the sad. You have to say it that way. Treatment for this is a lot like treatment for depression in a lot of ways where talk therapy and medication can both help. Mm-hmm. But there's also some other stuff that's pretty specific to the sad. 
said, you are my sunshine. It's harnessing the power my of the sun. It's, it's doing a George Bailey where you lasso the sun <laughs> and pull it in. You make me it's, happy. Are you going to do the whole thing? I am. Okay. I, I'm going to be like your background music. Oh, okay, great. That's going to sound <laughs> That's real gonna good. That's going to be so good. Okay, I'll so, like lizards, we might need a little heat lamp. <laughs> it's not really a heat lamp. It's just light. It's a light lamp. Mm-hmm. That's what lamps are. I've been getting little commercials for this on my Facebook. It's because you've been searching for it. I didn't first. I didn't. <laughs> I got it on my Facebook one day mm-hmm. when they said, oh, Bon, you look sad. No, I think it heard us talking on the phone. <laughs> I know that sounds conspiracy-ish. Oh man, that that's sounds scary very tinfoil hatty. <laughs> but I think that's it. I think that's real. So this is called light therapy. It's meant to mimic the effects of sunlight, since that plays into all the stuff I talked about earlier, like the serotonin, the the melatonin, the 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 Conan the Barbarian, the. the <laughs> All those things that begin with end. What I found on the ideal light box, which is just the kind of lamp that you need to be using for this, uh-huh. is that it should produce about 10,000 lux, which is like lumen, but it's different. Uh-huh. And Nathan tried to explain it to me. Yeah, he gave us a big talk about it at supper, but not, I'm not sure he I got that. said that like, lumen is like for a whole, it's for like area, like when lux is diffused in area, I think. So that's why bulbs have lumens. It has something to do with mass or this is just distribution like, or some This is just some like a spotlight like, like you're being interrogated by your light therapy. <laughs> it's not meant to produce much UV light. It's uh. just meant to produce the light. I'm going to say that word a lot. <laughs> Are we ready? <laughs> so if a box is less than 10,000 lux, it's, it's not like it won't work. It'll just be less intense, which... I saw that a lot of people preferred that. They didn't like the, the as intense stuff. Some people prefer that, but it takes longer exposure to get the same effects. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. You don't want to like get fried by it. Would it? Can you? Get, I would get a sunburn can, I was, because I got a sunburn <laughs> no matter what. I don't think technically you're supposed to be able to get a sunburn, but yeah, Isn't the UV light that gives you the sunburn? I thought it was. I don't I, get that. I can get a sunburn with like... A, a bad reflection <laughs> from a, a mirror. <laughs> Some tinfoil out in the backyard. <laughs> <laughs> looking, looking out the yard and like, oh, there's one left aluminum can. Ah! Anna has burnt. <laughs> like a vampire. That's very self-aware of me, <laughs> It's fun working with kids because there are some that are like, it's like, why does your skin look like that? <laughs> like, <laughs> like pale? <laughs> you are a very white lady. <laughs> why are you so white? That's a good question, kid. I ask myself that every day. Okay. So, to get the effects of a light box, it is recommended that you use it for 20 to 30 minutes a day, first thing in the morning, with the box like 16 to 24 inches from your face. Hmm, okay. So like two feet. Bedside table distance is what I kind of think of that as. But you're not supposed to look directly into it. <laughs> For obvious Don't reasons. Don't look at the light. <laughs> Don't look into the sun, please. Even if it's fake sun that you have on your desk. Don't look into it. Some light boxes, though, are made for different things. So you have to be careful when you're looking about getting a light box. Light. 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 L- light box. <laughs> A, a sun box. A box o light. A box o sun. <laughs> now, first of all, if you're looking into getting one, you should talk to your doctor. 
I'm going to refer to the disclaimer that we have at the beginning of this episode, yes. of every episode. Talk to your actual <laughs> doctor. <to> actual doctor. <laughs> so talk to your doctor and make sure that you're buying a light box that's legit. But there are some light boxes that are made for different things. I saw mm-hmm. some that are made for like skin conditions. Oh, yes. Eczema. Sure. That's a skin condition. So right? make sure if you are going to buy a light box, mm-hmm. buy one that's made specifically for seasonal affective disorder because they mm-hmm. have ones that are made specifically for that. So I wonder if like when you were a baby, when you were a baby and you were born and you were a little yellow around the edges. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> a little jaundice. Oh, okay. Sure. So they use like a light box for that, right? Like light lamp. box. All babies are lizards. A baby light box. <laughs> <laughs> a baby light box. <laughs> Maybe we're cold-blooded until we're three. <laughs> Welcome to our science podcast. <laughs> oh, dear God, don't get your science <laughs> Don't quote me on that. <laughs> we are not reliable sources. Oh, God. <laughs> no references for that comment. I also want to mention here the benefits of moving water. Hmm. So we could have a, a light box like a lizard, or we could have a little water spout like a frog. <laughs> <laughs> So we're either reptile, reptilian or amphibian, <laughs> I guess, until we're three. Okay. But <laughs> we're back to the alien thing, I think. I read a lot about this, and it comes down to negative ions. Oh, yes. Okay. Oh, you you act like that's a, not a new thing. Yeah, the whole ion thing. thing. Oh, no, no, no. That's old. That's Tell, old news. Is it? I don't know anything about it, but I know ions are ions. <laughs> ions. Yeah, they're ions. They've been and they're around ions. for a long time. And they're... And they- <laughs> yes, it's like the beginning of the universe. I mean... <laughs> it was part of God's creation. I mean, he made I ions. mean, like, in terms of psychology research. <laughs> oh, psychology. Ions, duh. That's new. Yeah, they exist. Yeah. <laughs> okay, water flow, ions. This well, helps SAD, really? Um, What do you do? You're around water. <laughs> Running water. Running water. Well, so negative ions are produced in nature from discharges of electricity, like in thunderstorms, mm-hmm. when water collides with itself, like on beaches and in waterfalls and stuff like that. The theory is that negative ions produce biochemical reactions in us. Hmm. Sure. Everything, I guess, yeah. does biochemical reactions. Yeah. But people have claimed that it increases our serotonin and our energy. This is also where the Himalayan salt lamp thing comes from. Oh, cool. Yeah, I got they one say of those things. Yeah. You do? In my office. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Does it give you negative ions? I guess so. That's what I'm they very say. negative ionly charged. I'm very <laughs> negative, so I guess. <laughs> I'm getting more negative every day, negative so yeah, I must be working. charged. So studies that I've... I did dig into this quite a bit. Studies found that there was not an effect so much on general mental health, but that people with depression reported a reduction of depression symptoms hmm. if they had like a waterfall in their environment, like a hmm. little water, little water fountain. So my office is like totally good for Your people who are depressed. Your office is so negatively ioned because I have the little waterfally thing, and I have the the, the salt lamp salt thing. lamp thing. I don't, and a counselor, I, I all in one place. And counselors are very negative. <laughs> I couldn't find anything to verify the negative ions of Himalayan salt lamps. Let me be clear. I don't know if that's verifiable. But boy, they're selling. But they're, oh yeah, like hotcakes. Last Christmas, those little Himalayan salt yeah. babies were going. Yeah. 
So from what I read, hours of negative ion exposure may reduce symptoms of depression and high levels of exposure like several hours or more to negative ions cause people with chronic depression and seasonal affective disorder to record lower scores on surveys of their depression symptoms. Wow. So something. So it's not like if you're just sort of calm and not suffering from depression or anxiety, you may not get as much from this, but if you're experiencing depression, it may balance you out. But it takes hours. Yes. That's significant. Shorter duration of exposure to negative ions could positively affect seasonal depression specifically. Okay. That lower levels of exposure, like 30 or so minutes, were enough to help people affected by SAD, but not so much with like chronic depression. Mm -hmm. Okay. So you lay in bed, you got your little fountain, you got your little spotlight Mm -hmm. on your face. (laughs) You might feel better. Yeah. Maybe. I mean, but it sounds like we're kind of making fun of it. If it you actually, hokey. it sounds a little hokey. But you know what? It's not going to hurt you. No, that's and that's the so, thing. But like, and if it may, even if it's a placebo effect, like, yeah, cool, go for it. Go for it. it. Even if it just like makes you happier or fountain, great. Yeah, or to feel the light on your face, it yeah. makes you happier to feel like you've been in the sun for a little. Yeah, while. like we're spouting science, but if it just makes you happy, just do it. Do it. It's not hurting anyone. Do it. A 2018 review of ionization literature, which I do. Wow. Seems like a whole genre, I guess. Mm. Found an effect of negative ionization on a lot of parts of human health. The researchers looked at 100 years of studies. So you were not kidding when you said it's been around for a while. Yeah, yeah. Ions. God made them, yeah. (laughs) Ions, beginning of the universe shit. Whatever. (laughs) Who cares? Move on. And they found (laughs) evidence that negative ions could regulate sleep patterns and mood, reduce stress, boost immune system function. Wow. Increase metabolism and inhibit the growth of harmful bacteria and viruses and stuff. Wow. So that's all great. But they noted that there was not significant evidence that negative ions could affect serotonin. Oh. That it could lower blood pressure or that could improve breathing. And so when we're talking about, especially the scientific side of depression, serotonin is a huge factor. Mm -hmm. So it's great that it can regulate that stuff like the sleep patterns and the stress and all that i mean those play into depression but it's not like it's gonna cause those specific chemicals in our brain to change that much yeah makes sense okay and take some vitamin d (laughs) yes like take some supplements and stuff if that again that's the thing to check with your doctor i just read something about that many 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 people are vitamin d Vitamin deficient. Yes, D deficient. Indeed. All right. So cool. Before we move on to what you are going to talk about, can we take a quick break? Absolutely. So we can play a promo (gasps) for a fun podcast that you should listen to. Let's do that now. Check it out. Are you into top 10 lists? What about pop culture? Or maybe you're just a nerd like us. We've got a show for you, loser. Hi, I'm Nick. I'm Brandon. We're the hosts of the Tennis Podcast, a comedy and edutainment podcast covering a new top tennis list every week, including fun facts and trivia. We've covered lists such as the top 10 most popular 90s songs on Spotify. The deadliest animals. The worst US presidents. The leading causes of death. The best-selling video game franchises. The most common murder methods. Okay, are you going to give one that isn't about death? The deadliest jobs in America. <sighs> Listen to these and countless other top 10 lists every Wednesday at TennisPod.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Top horror villains by their kill count. I think we're done here. If you listen to this podcast, there's a good chance to see you will die. We are the Tennish Podcast. That's one zero ish Bye. Are you ready? 
Welcome back, Sipsters. Welcome back. Okay, so we've been Woo! all... We've that was been, very radio voice. Welcome back. Welcome back. That was my... Or sex voice. Sex line voice. Sex. I don't know. <laughs> sex phone word. I haven't done sex phone, but I've been done sex some... Sex phone! S- I can tell like, you haven't done it because you call it sex. <laughs> well, you know, like those people that get paid really good to do sex on the phone. I haven't done that. Phone sex. That's not a job I've had. I've had many jobs. I haven't done sex phone. Have you done sex phone? 2019. (laughs) I have not done sex phone. You don't know what I've lived through, girl. Not sex phone. (laughs) Maybe I did do sex phone. And you just don't know because you weren't even born yet. Okay, you just lied to me and the the sisters. (laughs) No, I didn't. I've never done sex phone. Tell us about things that aren't the sad. The sad. Because Anna got really scientific and even talked about brain stuff and everything. So maybe when you were listening to that, you thought, well, yeah, I, I hear all that, but that's not really me. However, I do get down at Christmas time or the holidays, however you look at that. And you're not alone, Sipster, if you feel that way. If you, you just, Sipster, we're talking you. Sipster, you. You, you Sipster, you. <laughs> and, you know, Anna, the way I was thinking about it was... I think it's kind of like a lot of times we talk about universality Mm -hmm. and how it feels really good when you kind of get that feeling like, I'm not the only one who feels this way. Right. Well, it's kind of almost the opposite at Christmas, and I keep saying Christmas, but all of the holidays, whatever holiday you celebrate, it's kind of the opposite of universality because you have this feeling like everybody's happy. So I think you're saying Christmas because that's Christmas culture. Yeah. Like... No matter what holiday you celebrate, Christmas gets shoved down our throats really hard. Right, right, right. Just in society. Yeah, whether you're a Christian or... I mean, I'm a Catholic Christian, so I celebrate Christmas specifically. But you're exactly right. I mean, society is Christmas. And the things that get shoved down our throats are like... Hallmark movies where like oh Christmas equals yeah. falling in love exactly. and like like hall like I keep saying Hallmark because that's kind of the saccharine yeah. Yeah. view of it yeah but Lifetime I mean, has them too though yeah and and I mean just like Christmas commercials are all very like everyone's happy yeah. peace and joy oh, we're all we're all making peace even though we've been fighting for twenty five years it's Christmas so now we're all gonna get along damn yeah. you're watching that's, some serious commercials over that's there. some bull <laughs> that's some bull but that's what's exactly what Anna said that's so it's pushed down our throat and so it's kind of you feel like all of a sudden you're all by yourself in this place of feeling sad or right. feeling alone or feeling like I don't get the joy you feel like you're not allowed to be sad exactly so even though you hear people talking about the sad the sad or um, you know the stress of the holidays and all that you hear that but yet you look around and especially like on your social media page and you see how everybody's you know having these wonderful holidays with all their family and I know that just recently when we had Thanksgiving all these pictures were being posted on my Facebook all these little families that were together you know and blah 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 and and for me personally and we've talked about this before on our podcast that I lost my husband this past summer and so this is the first holiday season without my husband right and so it's a significant loss for me that even Thanksgiving you know I see all these pictures of family and and what strikes me is well I I don't have Bob Bob's not here and I know that I'm just one little person in this huge sea of people who are missing someone during the holidays 
And so that's kind of what I want to talk about a little bit. Not so sciencey is what Anna went, but more practical maybe for those of us who are uh, maybe a step away from that. So Anna kind of referred to this, that if you suffer with depression and or anxiety on a normal basis, mm-hmm. then absolutely, the holidays are probably going to intensify that right. for you. Absolutely. Yeah. Because there's a lot more going on. There's a lot more triggers, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. A lot more responsibilities. Absolutely. But if you're a person who, when you think about your everyday normal life, you think, uh, I'm not really a person who suffers from depression or I don't know that I have a great deal of anxiety. And yet you feel it during the holidays. What we need you to hear is that's pretty normal. Yeah. I I thought it was kind of strange and kind of unbelievable that one of the surveys that I read about said only, uh, I have to, I have my papers today, I have to flippy floppy. Not only do I have to flippy floppy, but I don't have my glasses. (laughs) So she's holding it like all the way out. (laughs) Do you want me to hold it on this side of the table? Okay, wait, wait, wait. I just have to open my eyes really wide and then I can see it. it Okay. So... So this is a survey according to the American Psychological Association. It's a survey. It says that about 56% of people suggest that they have extra stress. Now, I don't know about you, Anna, but I think it's higher than 56%. Probably. I mean, come on. 56%? 56, yeah, it's higher than Yeah, 56. I think it's higher than that. And actually, it says that women suffer from stress and depression twice as... I don't know how I'm trying to say that. They're two times more likely. There's twice as many women, yeah. however you I, want to look at that. Uh, seasonal affective men. disorder uh, mm-hmm. hits women, I want to say, either four or five times more often than it hits men. Wow, that's huge. Well, it kind of makes sense to me that twice as many women than men, no offense, guys, but a lot of times the women take care of, like, the decorations, the, the baking, the blah, 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 the shopping. The, the gender norms are It is gender during yes. the holidays. It's very gender-directed, I think. Yeah. And so that kind of makes a lot of sense. Now, that's not taking into Abolish account. gender norms. <laughs> it's a social construct. <laughs> Everyone should help with food. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Hannah's on her soapbox. <laughs> that's what she I just jumped on her soapbox. I'm, so, her. I'm so dull. <laughs> Okay, so what I want to talk to you about is a couple of things. First of all, I'm going to be very specific about those of you sipsters who maybe are heading into this holiday season after a loss because that's near and dear to my heart, yeah, right? Yeah. And to yours too, Anna, because you yeah. had a loss too. You're, you know. I think, I mean, this may sound callous. I think it's going to be more heavy for you because I have my family of creation exactly. that I'm working toward. Exactly. I go be with my husband and his family and, and stuff like that. Right. And you don't have that. And right your family of origin is, is in the past, so to speak. Uh, I mean, we're still very close. Yeah, absolutely. But, but they, obviously, it, I'm saying to my mother who I have a podcast with. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, I talk to my mom every once in a while. <laughs> and we record we it. We stay in touch. <laughs> <laughs> we stay in touch. Right. So if you have had a loss in this past year specifically, let's start with that. So if you've had a death in the family, or if you've had a divorce, or if you've had the end of a relationship, any kind of loss of relationship, basically, the first holidays are very can be traumatic quite frankly but especially that they're they're just full of triggers for you right we just have to again we go back to our our shtick that we always do you just have to be self-aware and you have to give yourself permission to know that it's going to be a holiday that's different than any you've experienced so far right even if you've had losses in the past you've had another one now well this is a new experience and it's going to be hard and so you have to give yourself room to grieve you have to give yourself room to perhaps make new traditions and do new things instead of clinging to all the old things unless the old things give you comfort right 
And that's the bottom line. You need to decide what gives you the best sense of balance and comfort in your loss. And so if that's like, oh gosh, I really got to put up all the Christmas stuff and I got to be sure I put up their stocking and whatever because that will give me comfort, then go for it right. and do it. But if it's like, oh, I have to do that mm-hmm. because I just have to, because right. it's just what I do, like don't exactly. force yourself. Exactly. So if you're sitting there thinking, I just cannot put that Christmas tree up this year, I just can't do it. Okay, don't do it. Yeah. What's going to okay. happen if you don't? It's going to be okay. It's fine. Just say to your family, hey, I'm not going to put up the tree this year. And then don't do it. But you have to know what is best for your mental health. You have to decide that. Right. And you may have to have help deciding that. This is our, our my unabashed plug for counseling. If We're biased. You, we think we are biased. is a good idea. <laughs> right. So if you've had a loss this year and you're heading into the holidays and you're feeling like, oh God, I don't want to put up the Christmas tree, but I got to put up the Christmas tree. Talk to a counselor mm-hmm. and work it out. And you decide what is best for your mental health. Right. And you go there. Okay. So some other just kind of generic things that I want to throw out for all of us about stress around the holidays. We all have this thing that we think it ha- it's supposed to be like, as Anna said, like the Hallmark movie. Yeah. We we have these pictures of it's a wonderful life and we're all going to be, you know, oh, you know, the uh, angels are in. Since you brought up it's a wonderful life. <laughs> one of our, uh, I'll say, kind of sibling podcast, Popcorn Psychology, has a great episode about it's a wonderful life where oh, they really? talk about chronic depression. Oh, my gosh. So it's a wonderful life is a pretty hard movie <laughs> when, you, when it comes down to it. I mean, there's some pretty serious mental struggles going Absolutely. on in that movie but but yeah i mean you're right even at the end it's all like magically better right everybody because loves of, you it's a christmas miracle yeah and <sighs> there's a lot yeah yeah and we're looking past the fact that that silly knob on the banister is still going to be coming off in his right. hand every you know if you've never watched the movie you maybe should because it's spoiler you know. alert there's a loose <laughs> knob on a banister yeah pretty big deal in the movie but <laughs> So again, we need to be aware that that's not real life. Right. That those Hallmark movies where everybody always ends up happily ever after and the families always reconcile and, oh, Uncle Joe doesn't get drunk this Christmas because, good grief, you know, because he's been saved and now he doesn't drink Jesus. anymore. Yes, exactly. We have to be really careful that we don't allow ourselves to get caught in that trap of thinking we're not like that, so we're the only ones that aren't getting that. And I think it's different with the Christmas movie movies I think we're pretty aware of this when it comes to like rom-coms and stuff that we're Uh able to look at that and be like that's media that's a movie I know that's not really how it works but Christmas movies especially give this impression of like, no, this is how it should be. Mm-hmm. And this, exactly. is, this is what holidays should be doing for you. Should, should, should. Because that's what the, like, there's, like I said, even like commercials and ads that we see are mm-hmm. are talking about like the magic of Christmas. And it's like, mm-hmm. that's not how it works. Right. And I'm even going to take a step in another direction. And that is, I mean, because we've talked on our podcast at different times about um, our spirituality. And for me, that's a huge part of my life, my spirituality. So as a Christian, when I look at Christmas and I think, okay, I should be celebrating the birth of Jesus, which I do, but that should make everything okay. So I should just be so freaking happy all the time. And I do, and I am glad (laughs) in my spirituality that I'm celebrating the birth of Jesus, but that doesn't make all the sadness just go away. It doesn't no. make all the stress in the family go away. It doesn't make the fact that I've lost a loved one this year. Faith is just an extra piece of a support system. Right. It's right. not a cure-all. Right. Ideally, it would be, but we're human. 
whole nother episode. Okay. <laughs> so one of the things that we do um, during the holidays that adds to our stress and our depression is we overindulge. And sometimes that is in order to deal with our sadness or anxiety. Are you trying anxiety. to take away my pecan pie? <laughs> I don't appreciate it. You can have some pecan pie. You just have to have it in moderation. <laughs> have it in moderation. <laughs> that sounds like the worst old-timey commercial in the world. <laughs> Have old bodies pecan pie, but remember, enjoy it in moderation. <laughs> as well, as well, as well as your uh, what's this stuff I'm drinking? Bailey's, your Bailey's, or your cream. eggnog in moderation. In moderation. <laughs> I like the little melody you add to the end. It's it's very good. Picture okay. like a, a Mrs. Butterworth, but for pecan pie and Bailey's. So let's go back to the APA survey, oh, sure. shall uh-huh, we? Uh-huh. Shall we go back to the APA survey? They found that 38% of participants used alcohol to deal with holiday worries. That sounds like something we would do, Anna. I mean, 38%. Uh, it doesn't because we do it all year. Oh, that's so true. It's not <laughs> whatever. <significant> for us. <laughs> it says compared to 18% the rest of the year. So only 18% of people use alcohol to it's like deal with their double. problem. That's pretty significant though. <laughs> right. So basically what that's saying is a lot of us when we go to holiday get-togethers, we use alcohol to kind of try to get well, through. Well, that's hard because it's a social lubricant. I oh. mean, in our society, it's I like, know, I know, I know. Yeah. I'm there lubricating right here. <laughs> Don't. When you talk about That is a bad word, isn't sex it? Sex phone. <laughs> <laughs> Anna Marie. <laughs> You said lubricating. That was on you. And I did say sex phone as well. So <laughs> those were both. I think those I'm pretty were guilty. Bond homie yeah. originals. Okay, so apparently 38% is a is a significant number because <laughs> 38. Wait a minute. Oh, right. it's 56% of participants reported eating to reduce oh. stress. 56%, but 38% was the regular number. So. All oh. year long, 38% of people report, hey, That's I eat still when I'm stressed. High. But during the holidays, it goes up to 56%. Because, hey, there's those cookies well, and that fudge. I mean, speaking of someone who just got back from like a very large Thanksgiving get-together, there's just food out. Right. Like, it's Ooh, just there. Everywhere. And then food, it's like, food, food. I don't really have anything to do. I don't really know who to talk to right now. Maybe I'll just stuff my face a little bit. <laughs> so it's, it's. I think it is for reducing stress and right. anxiety and all that stuff. That It's just kind of like a, it's bored eating. But the reason I bring it up is that we perhaps do it to reduce stress. We perhaps do it just because we like fudge, you know, I whatever. Mean, yeah. But the point is that if you're dealing with anxiety and and especially depression if you overeat it'll just make you feel worse you physically feel worse and you mentally feel worse yeah. because you 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 start to yell at yourself yeah, about like, overeating Gosh, and, have done that. so just think ahead mm-hmm. and be aware if you're a person who does tend to overeat when you're stressed give yourself some some heads up one of the things that we often talk about in counseling if you deal with anxiety is to plan ahead on how you're going to deal with situations especially if you have panic attacks yeah panic episodes know your escape routes that's exactly right and so that's kind of a good rule for holidays have an escape route yeah have a plan b so that if you go to the family dinner and you get stressed you know how you're going to make a graceful exit or if you go to the the family get together and that one relative who really always drinks too much and gets obnoxious 
know how you're going to get out of that situation. You're not going to be able to change the behavior of other people because we talk about that all the time. You can't control other people, but you can control the way you react to it and your own escape routes. You can also control if your escape route is just not going. Not going. That's a good point. I mean, like, I know that's really hard because there's a lot of pressure to go Mm -hmm. to those family things, but, like, if it's going to do worse for your mental health, don't. Don't go. Exactly. Because either your family is going to understand that because they want you to be the best you and they want you to be okay or they're not going to understand it and they're maybe a little bit garbage and you maybe need to face that Mm -hmm. like if they're saying i don't care about your mental health you need to be here that's bad so that's a really good point be aware of what's best for you okay so this little point might seem a little out there and might seem almost impossible but if you're a person who really gets caught up in that idea of like everybody's happy and i'm not everybody's loved and i'm not stop with the social media oh yeah get away from that a little oh bit. my gosh yeah because if you are one of those people who get caught up in that negative spiraling like i am so unloved i'm so not popular i am so not going to the bahamas for for new year's right then turn off the damn social media yeah. and don't compare your life to everybody else's well you can't compare your life to everyone on social media because people put their best foot forward on social That's, media it's not real you're comparing yeah. your whole Cut to someone's highlight reel. To someone's perfect. Exactly. You are exactly right. You're so smart, Anna. Well, I stole that from someone, but thank you. That's good. I like that. Whoever you stole it from, good job. I don't know, the internet. (laughs) Okay, (laughs) just a couple other really quick ones. If you're dealing with stress and or anxiety during the holidays, you're heading into it. Uh, One of the biggest stressors during the holidays is finances. Mm -hmm, We mm -hmm. overspend. And that's part of that, again, trying to make... That's part of overindulging. Exactly. That's part of trying to make everything perfect. If I buy everybody the perfect gift. And so then you spend more and more and more. We have a joke in our family... About Legos. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and that was not specifically holidays, but when I went through my divorce, there was a time where <laughs> I spent a lot of money on toys. And according to my children, a lot of it was spent on my son's Legos. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Anna has a least, lot of you Anna Legos. has a- <laughs> I, have, I have a lot of Barbies. <laughs> Barbies and Legos were big. Barbies and Legos. They but were big. I mean, we we only recently kind of were able to have that conversation as a family where mom was able to say her, to her two grown children, like, that was, I was trying to make sure you're yeah. okay yeah. after the divorce. <laughs> yeah, I was overcompensating. I was overcompensating. But overcompensating is something that we might do during the holidays specifically. We might want to try to make everybody happy right. by buying. And it's going to have the same effect as overeating where later you're going to have more financial stress. Exactly. That's not good. Right. Okay, footnote number 28 or whatever it is we're up to now. Mm-hmm. Lean on your support systems. And if you don't have a support system, like if you're sipster, if you're sitting there thinking, well, I don't really have, I'm not close to my parents, I'm not close to my siblings, I'm not close to whatever, make a support system. Find one. Go to a church and hang out. Go to a food pantry and help. Go to, you know. Get involved in something. In, in good places. In yes. places where people will lift you up. And, you know, volunteering to help is a good way to start to build your own support system. Right. Or, or getting in, involved in a, in a church or community where there are good people around you. Yeah. Sometimes we think because we don't have a support system, we're screwed. But we can build one. We can start to build one. Yeah. Yes, it's never too late to try to either change a toxic support system 
which mm-hmm. isn't really a, an unsupport system, right, if you will. Right, right. Or find one. Exactly. Okay. I think almost my last one, and that is to use mindfulness during these days. And that might seem overwhelming because there's so much going on. But you know, I read something today that I really liked. It said every day between now and your holidays to just take just like five minutes out of your day to be really mindful and actually enjoy something about the holiday. So like sit down and take some deep breaths and look at your Christmas tree. Or take some deep breaths and listen to a Christmas song. And listen really to take Carol joy. You're welcome, Sipsters. Play that over and over for five minutes. <laughs> and just be mindful, be mindful of the joy. The eat, pure joy. Eat a cookie and actually just think about how awesome it is. Or when you wrap a present... Take a moment while you're wrapping the present instead of thinking, oh, God, I have to wrap 52 presents. Instead, think about the person that you're wrapping that present for and think about how much you care for them. Or if it's in your wheelhouse, say a prayer for that person. And and maybe that way some of the things that are stressful about the holidays can become more pleasurable. yeah, 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 just a little bit of pleasure in your day. It all comes back to deciding what helps you have the best mental health. Yes. That you can have and in a stressful And if you're sitting there time. going, I've tried that mindfulness garbage. Yeah. It doesn't work. <laughs> well, then maybe you need some better help. Maybe you need to find a therapist if you don't already have one. Maybe you right. do need to look into medication options. Maybe it's chemical rather than just like you not trying hard mm-hmm. enough. So mm-hmm. just be aware of that that could be a thing you need to look into as well. Mm-hmm. I think I would like to circle around for just a minute back oh to the... You've had like eight closing notes. I yeah. know. <laughs> this is number 38. This is number 38. Uh-huh. Closing note. And maybe it's because it's so right on the edge of my heart. And that is, if you are grieving the loss of someone during the holidays, just be gentle with yourself. Yeah. Give yourself permission and to grieve that. Permission is a great word. This is not going to be like all the other holidays you've had. It's going to be different. So. Right. And quite frankly, every holiday is different. Because we all grow and change. And, you know, your kids are little, then they're big. And, you know. Yeah. I mean, I think that especially if you've gone through a loss recently, you could just be getting used to a new normal. Right. Because that's not like, well, this holiday is going to be hard, but then the next one will be fine. We'll be back to normal yeah. next year. That's yeah. not, no, your you life won't. has changed. Right. That's and if we look okay at it like we're always about. changing, then it's not quite as traumatic. If we right. look at it like we're always evolving, we're always changing. But it's also okay to give yourself permission to be sad about traumas. Yes. Okay. Mom! Anna. Will you thank the people? I will thank the people. <laughs> the, the people. <laughs> hey, Sipsters. Thank you very much. I'm pointing, She's pointing at, you. at me. <laughs> we are so glad that you're with us. We have gratitude that you are with us. And um, we hope that you'll join us again next week. Same yes. time, same station, or whatever. Same. That's, that's so yes. dated. That or that make you'll any sense go back and episode. listen to other ones and listen to Mom <laughs> freak out about it if you're listening to it at the right time. Go back and listen to our Halloween episodes and listen to her say, okay, you may not be listening in October. My point is thank you. Thank you for listening. There. How's that? Thank you, Sipsters. <laughs> She's right. Thank you. As always, if you want to, mom is saluting, signing off. She's leaving the table. She's leaving the state. She's going 
you can find us on social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. We are Freudian Sips Pod on everything. Our site is FreudianSipsPod.com. You can find links to our social media, links to our episodes, all that good stuff. If you want to get a hold of us directly, you can email us, FreudianSipsPod at gmail.com. Please remember to leave us a nice rating and review, if you can do that wherever you're listening. Our theme music is Sweeter Vermouth by Kevin McLeod, and it sounds like this.